0: Hey, this is Movies, a podcast about the actor's cinema. With me today is Hans, who's drinking again after he swore off <laughs> drinking forever. After the last time we had this guest on a program, you made uh, a buffoon of yourself, Hans.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. that, was, that was you forgot about for it?
0: It should, it should stay yeah, forgotten if you ask me. <laughs> me.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm, I agree with that. <laughs>
0: There was a very. Uh, you seemed very miserable on that show where we were watching. I think the movie just got to you. Something. Something about that movie.
1: Yeah, just seeing uh, Mister Seagal in that way made me really want to drink heavily, and I did. Well,
0: tonight we're talking about a show. We're talking about a movie. Excuse me, based on a show, The Sopranos. We're talking about the many saints of New York, and with us yet again is Anthony Cisco, host of the. The Sloth cast, Drunk Out Movies. How are you doing today, sir?
2: Good. Thank you so much for having me back.
0: Absolutely. You're going for the record, it seems like, for most guest appearances. I believe that's held by Jake Hanrahan at this time with six. This makes... We had Chinatown. We had JFK. We had... What do we do after JFK?
1: We did a bonus show. We did... Oh, Suicide yeah. Squad. Oh, my God. That, that, that's another one that should stay hidden. hidden. Hey, look, that's
0: not coming out to the public at any point. The last episode we did, I had to, because I've been putting out these bonus episodes where we'll do 20 minutes in the RSS feed for iTunes. So it's kind of like you're almost getting enough of an episode where you'll want to hang on and maybe sign up for the $5 tier. That's been very effective. Uh, Right for this past week, the most recent episode is a bonus episode. And I had to cut it off at the 20-minute mark right when you – Uh, And started talking about, oh, when I was living in Mexico and we'd get drunk and go find homeless people on the street. And then it just fades out into like ominous music. And boy, howdy. That's good. That shows. Look, both the shows we did, the bonus show we did with Anthony, then that show, I think there's more than enough to get all three of us canceled on on any (laughs) extent. So, trouble. That's really what you can look forward to on Patreon right now. Patreon.com slash lores And uh, again, tonight we're talking about Many Saints in Newark.
3: When I was a kid, guys like me were brought up to follow codes. Hey, jerk off. What'd you say? What?
0: Antonio Soprano.
2: I wonder if I can talk to you alone for a moment, Mrs. Soprano. On the basis of the Sanford Binet, he's high IQ. You can't
0: prove it by me. He's got a D plus average. Well, he
2: doesn't apply himself, but he is smart. The results tell us. He's a leader.
0: Ankle dick. Growing up with the family it Takes a toll Didn't you say like Christopher Imperioli Was your neighbor at one point Or something Anthony
2: He is Michael Imperioli lives up here right?
0: uh, Michael He's Imperioli Christopher. not Christopher
2: <laughs>
1: Christopher Oh he hates that
2: dude If he heard that He'd be like
1: what hey. the fuck what yeah, the yeah. fuck <laughs> dickory dickory huh
0: <laughs> you're familiar with that guy you're familiar with the other guy i think you've talked about it a little bit on this show before or maybe just casually i'm not so certain
2: mike uh, Imperioli. he well sorry
0: uh, and the other guy from uh, the talking sopranos podcast
2: yeah shripa He's Yeah, both of those guys are characters. Michael Imperioli seems to, they're like an Italian American Laurel and Hardy
3: because
2: <laughs> yeah, Michael Imperioli is like depressed all the time, and anytime I see him, he looks like he's just so miserable and defeated and um, sad. And he's got a beautiful head of hair, and she's always just like whipping in the wind, and he's got sad face. And then Steve Shrippa is just like on this. I did his show and he, he's just, he's all about the business. He got, he got Hollywood. Mm. So it's an interesting, it's interesting that they're like, um, hanging out. Maybe that's you, why he's miserable.
0: Do, well, do you think that they're actually friends or do you think they just like knew each other enough and they were the only ones open to doing a podcast right around the time Sopranos was getting big again? I know,
2: I know Imperioli was like really big in the punk scene, not big, sure but he was involved in it like he was really good friends with Lou Reed like hung out with him and was like friends with the guy mm. and he was kind of like that with a lot of that punk rock stuff he was kind of so he seems like uh one of those guys not like a hollywood guy and shrippa just seems like he's got a lot of interesting and weird connections like he was
0: uh i mean he wrote some of spike lee's films oh i know summer sam he was a screenwriter on and uh, he's also an adamant denier that that Bill Clinton ever slept with Monica Lewinsky. Well, he didn't sleep with Monica. <laughs> he, he got a BJ from Monica he, Lewinsky.
2: He's insane. He's insane. Because all this shit he's saying is like not true. Like he's re- he has really weird religious, li- like liberal religious beliefs. And then, but that doesn't meet re- with reality. So he's got that thing where he's got to like, Deny, 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 and then at the same time he's like, "Come and meditate with me every Sunday." I'm meditating. Like I don't want to meditate. That guy, that guy's weird, man. It's fucking, he's got to screw loose. Yeah, I
0: remember on one episode of *Talking Sopranos*, uh, Schirripa is going off against uh, Bill De Blasio, and then somehow they get to Bill Clinton, and they're talking about Monica Lewinsky. And uh, when he when Schripper brought up Monica Lewinsky. Uh, Michael Imperioli's reaction to that was what? No, nah, he didn't do that. That was all. I said. He's the president. He would never do that. And it was like he sincere. He's a good guy. I met he him plays one the saxophone. time. Yeah. So he's he's <laughs> he completely in denial suit. as far as that goes. Uh, but
2: they're both
1: very Wait, how interesting ma- characters to what you said, and they're certainly an odd couple. Yeah. How many episodes of *Talking Soprano* have you listened to?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, quite
0: <laughs> quite a lot. Listen, last year it was yeah. rough for entertainment. Okay. <laughs>
3: True. Right. it's true yeah I mean, it's true I mean, I it's not hey it's not what? the
0: worst podcast to listen I, they're at least offering something if you listen to any podcast in general it's usually three guys that look like us but have no personality or all recite mm. the same things and agree with each other and give like the most boring milk toast takes and usually have like npr high vocal cords it's awful so if you have like a 60 year old obese man and like a soft brained <laughs> Italian who, who worked in the biz for a while. Like that's that's gonna be a not bad show just by comparison.
2: Yeah, just by pure like uh, life experience. So what
1: so so what do they talk about? about Those Sopranos? guys just have Sopranos episodes, I know. But they I they that they that do cover or, here's what they, they the here's what the setup of the show is. Remember when I made the pizza joke in that episode? Remember that one? They've, I've only watched like the first season of Sopranos. I'm not very familiar with the show. You, so you oh. hold on. You <laughs> yeah. watched the
0: movie without being versed at all on Sopranos. Then that's well, insane. I know,
1: I know the characters are, and I know some of the like arc that they have because of the internet has it for me. Sure. But I, I I finished like the first season and then I just stopped. I don't know. I don't, don't really have a reason well, why. I, I just... think
0: that's, that's going to be great for this show then. Cause you're looking at it with a set of eyes that, that are like, well, this is just a, its own thing. Even though, you know, it's Sopranos related, you don't have the, yeah. the direct references. So I'm curious if, if that worked out for you, but uh, as far as talking Sopranos, go, they'll bring on like a cast member for like the first 20 minutes of the show. And I didn't realize it was only like a part of the show at first. I thought they were weeding out the cast member. Cause they were just like, not a good guest so they would right. like bring somebody on get rid of them after 30 minutes and then they'll talk about eating italian food and <laughs> going to a winery and ju- they'll they'll get into that and then maybe they'll argue they they have like a weird dynamic too where shrip is not a particularly sh- like sharp intellectual guy as far as art goes and imperioli thinks he is but he's not really and so he's kind of, like, big-shotting him a little bit, but also talking, that, not in like, a mean way, but, like, in a, oh, you're stupid kind of way. And it makes it a very uh, amusing exchange,
1: usually. So what,
2: uh, what's... I would, uh, I would like to talk to them about, like... Uh, just, just to fuck with them, just try to like argue, like we should have a king and stuff. Try to ar- argue monarchism <laughs> to them, and see how they react. Like Shripp would be like, "Well, what do you mean? I mean, maybe it might be good or something." And then you'd have Michael Piriolo go like, "No, that's terrible. That's terrible. What are you talk? That's just awful. It's terrible. Please don't so call me
1: Christopher anymore." So, what's the difference between that show? And the show that I also know you're familiar with, Lores, even though you turn your camera off, I know you're there. Oh, you motherfucker. Uh, You know how the kids have a show, too, a podcast? Uh, The brother and sisters, Tony's kids. they really? Yeah, but... I Laura I Lawrence is the only person that I know is familiar with because I've never listened to that <laughs> shit. So I wanted to ask him what like the difference between those two shows were, but I guess he had to take a tinkle or something. So uh
0: what? No, I've been here the entire oh, okay. time. What are you talking about? No, I left the AC on it, just started acting up. I had to kill it before it interrupted the show.
2: Do you hear mine at all? No, you're good. No. Okay. Uh what are you saying?
0: So What's so the difference and, between Sopranos my and Big was... Brother? <laughs>
1: No, no, no. So the the Talking Sopranos podcast and the podcast that the the son and daughter of Tony have. I I, I don't know what the actors' names are because um, that, but you know
0: what is it? Uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler and uh, Fatso. What's his name? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to that one. It doesn't seem particularly interesting to me. But I noticed that I th- I believe her husband accompanies her on the show now, Oof. which again, I mean- this kid. Move from new york to los angeles just to do this show with this girl and she's got a boyfriend she's married or whatever so um he's got nothing going on and uh they do this show together and that's one of like three sopranos cast member podcasts there's more i'm fairly
1: sure that's like the do you do you hear about that office podcast that two of the women from the show. Have- two of the,
0: middle, the women who were middle-aged during The Office and now do yeah. a podcast. Yeah, I'm sure that's great. I'm sure that's fucking fascinating. It's riveting.
1: Too. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> cool. Uh, why do you
0: guys think that The Sopranos took off? Because the- I don't know if this was organic or inorganic. It feels like it was organic at first. And then maybe the uh, like Amazon Prime or HBO Max started to notice, oh, wow, we're getting a lot of ticks on this. Why don't we lean into this? Uh, last summer where everybody was rewatching The Sopranos. What do you think the, the root cause of that is specifically that show as opposed to something like Breaking Bad or The Wire or anything else that's been considered some of the great television shows of
2: history? I think because there's, there's, there has been so many like articles written about it and maybe, m- maybe last year one was going around or something, or I don't, I think, or maybe it was like uh I just remember. I feel like I remember seeing an article that was like, "These are troubling times." Why rewatching The Sopranos is like a good parable for what we're going through, or something. I don't know. And that, but I, that's what I did. I had never seen it, so I watched it all last year during during COVID because what think, better time to do it?
1: I think that Sopranos suffer from the same thing that The Wire does. Well, people overrate it just because they're supposed to? Like, I I don't know how good of a show it is, because like I said, I've only watched the first season, but you never hear you never hear anyone say anything negative about it, just like with The Wire. And I started rewatching The Wire, and it's very much of its time. Like, it doesn't really hold up that well. And there's a lot of issues that you find with it that maybe you didn't find before because you were younger. Uh, But it's like sacrilege to say anything negative about it, right? Even though, you know, the accents sometimes sound kind of wonky and like the actors sometimes lose the accent and then they recover the accents in the middle of a sentence or like in the middle of whatever speech you're giving. And I feel like The Sopranos is kind of like that. Um, A lot of comedians and a lot of people in the industry uh, talk very highly of it because it's, I guess it's funny that Italians people are retarded in media. But, uh, But I feel like that's, like one of those shows where if you say anything negative about it it's like a like an outrage like how dare you cuz this is a classic type of thing you know well
3: i think so
0: go ahead, go ahead. I, I was going i i initially watched sopranos in its entirety maybe about 2012 2013 or so and i remember thinking it was a great show when i watched it then i thought that season 3 was not well written i thought it was a little just rough, I guess, but that it all came together by the end, and it was a, a great series. Uh, I rewatched it last summer, and I was like, "This is phenomenal. This is this is definitely the best series of. This is hilarious. This is funnier than anything that's been on TV in the past fifteen years. The characters are great. The stakes are great." And I rewatched Breaking Bad slightly before that, which everybody was on the train of. This is the best show ever. This is the most satisfying arc in the history of TV. And you rewatch that and that certainly suffers from what you're talking about with The Wire. Where the first two yeah. seasons of that feel like an AMC drama where it's like we can't say the we can't say fuck, we can't say these certain words. Uh maybe we'll get one eventually and it's still kind of just like a network procedural a little bit even if it has like a clear linear storyline that they're going to use for the entire season it doesn't feel like a real show until about season four or five and i would even say like five really that's pretty late that's the final season uh where they drop that that kind of um uh texture to it that that's been established but even at that point it's still so baked into it where it doesn't have the same sort of gravity that uh The Sopranos has where the characters feel as legitimate or as lived in or real as they do in The Sopranos. So I think yeah, I just to just to sum it up, I think you should probably keep going beyond season 1 and really get like a full opinion cuz uh by the time you get to season 4, 5, uh 6, I think it's a fu- like fully fleshed out, it's a great three-dimensional show that depicts uh how we got into the mess that we're in right now and um i i don't know I, I i just think it's a terrific show i think it's very funny
2: yeah it's um the wire is like a uh the wire is more it's not about the the storytelling of the characters they're sort of circumstantial. I'm uh, uh, sorry. They're, they're sort of, they're like not as important as, um, what's happening of, yeah. What's
1: what, what's like happening. The that was stuff. a great show. <laughs> what was it? Rerun? That was a good show. <laughs> yeah. Dynamite, right?
3: The, <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was good times. <laughs>
2: anyway. And then the Sopranos is like, yeah, it's, I don't know. You put it, you, that was really eloquent the way you put it because, um, that's how I felt about it. It's really good. It's kind of under. It's like he's he's like Fred Flintstone and fucking <laughs> maybe a little good times in there too. I don't know. But it, it just hit it like Archie Bunker and all that it, Jackie Archie, Gleason. Yeah. He's like the whole. He's like the end of that.
1: Yeah. All right. So if that's what happens in the series, how come we didn't see any of that in the movie? Oh, At that's a all. good, good, good segue. How come the Tonic. How come, the, how come the Tony character is the worst character of this movie? The most boring, the most bland, he's the a most whiny faggot. I
0: don't know. Hi, he's just some <laughs> yeah. whiny little soft faced boy in this. He's they certainly not. You would not say, "Oh, that guy's Tony Soprano." In about fifteen no. years,
1: uh, mm. they try to tell you that with a with a narration. You know, at the beginning, they're like, "Oh, that chubby kid is Tony or whatever Tony Soprano," <laughs> and and then at the end, it's like. And that's the guy, Tony (laughs) Soprano or something. It's like, oh, cool. That's my uncle. Yeah, he didn't do anything. Who cares? Like, it's not the the advertisement or everything surrounding uh, the marketing about this movie. It's like we're gonna we're gonna learn how Tony became Tony, and you Mm -hmm. don't really. That first trailer any of is that. so
0: Joker. It is so Joker, but Tony <laughs> Soprano. And then you do yeah. watch the movie, and it's hardly there. She's barely it's, in it. It's yeah. he's just a kid, really. He's a mischievous kid. He's Robin Hood, if anything, giving out free ice cream to the neighborhood kids, right? So
1: he smokes weed like twice, and he listens to music really loud when he's high, and it's like, oh, cool. Uh, I, I I was very. Uh, underwhelmed when it comes to knowing you know why he became whatever he became because like, like but you don't really show any of that you
0: don't much. you don't know at least yet but uh anthony jr has like more of a violent uh streak in him by by the age of this tony soprano where i think like his son who's just like a little wimpy kid He's like holding yeah. down a guy, and someone else is pouring acid on a dude's ankle, and he's like the same age. It's like, all right, well, if this is what Tony Soprano is at this point, well, then this this kid must be ten times worse by the time we get to age thirty six or whenever
1: Sopranos picks up. Um, no, so instead, instead, he's someone that cries when his uncle doesn't answer him and throws <laughs> speakers out of the window like a little it. I was like, what is this? Like, what is? That's not. I mean, again, I've only seen season one, so I don't know the transformation that all these characters have, but it was like, I was waiting for the Tony Soprano story. And then when I checked, there was like 10 minutes left. And I was like, oh, right. This I movie was never supposed to be that this, for the uh, record. When, to...
0: when Many Saints yeah, in right, New York right. was, was announced in like 2016 or 2017, uh, it was initially kind of a low key project. They weren't embracing the full soprano's title with it it was just supposed to borrow some of the characters that existed in that universe and the tony soprano character was supposed to be pretty minuscule this was always going to be uh dickie Maltesante, uh the movie essentially and i remember them trying to get a little more hung up on the race riots element of it uh which is not something that i guess was translated all that much in the film i guess it plays somewhat of a part I I mean, even compared to the rest of the story, it kind of feels a, a, a bit irrelevant. Um, but the, I guess there were, yeah. my, my assumption is that there were much different plans in place. And then when Sopranos blew up last summer, then all of a sudden it became Many Saints of Newark, a Soprano story. And <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that the Michael Imperioli voiceover that's in the film was added after the fact. I don't know, maybe this was just my connection I don't know, but did it sound like the audio on his voiceover alone was
2: bad? At least in the beginning, like it was done through a Zoom call.
3: <laughs> I,
2: I, I. It took me a minute. I was very stoned when I started the movie. I, I could barely hear the audio. I was like, "What the." F-? fuck is did i do something to the tv i turned it up i could barely hear him i don't even know what the fuck he's talking about like why is he talking where are we going
1: yeah it- he, do- he doesn't really say anything other than, oh that's that's my uncle and that's my other person and this and this and this and he, he references the show. He's like, "That's my <laughs> uncle like, oh, who killed really me. He, he he killed me. Broke my
3: neck." Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, true.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I don't even know it was Christopher. Because again, I haven't gotten to the part where he gets killed. But like, I was like, "Oh, who's? I don't know who this voice is." Cool, and that's my uncle Tony. I was like, "All right." <laughs>
0: and it's inconsistent. I guess we're gonna
1: see Tony's story, and then they, we the, don't.
0: Yeah, they don't. They don't even try and like make it a recurring thing. I think it maybe pops up three times in the entire movie. It's the beginning, the middle, and then the very end. And it just kind of feels like, all right, we need more of a Sopranos connection in this story.
1: Yeah. I, I don't even remember it in the middle. I just remember the beginning and end that just felt like very, like just packed in, like we need something here to explain what's happening. Uh, but i was i was very underwhelmed i i saw reviews from people that we know saying that this was like a great not only sopranos movie but just like a good like a heist movie and i was like where where was the heist i didn't see any, any heist where was the thing that happens because even as Why are like this a, is like
0: oceans 11 that's what i got
1: <laughs> even like a like a dickie whatever <laughs> even as a as his story it was kind of like Thank you. Again, uh, we'll go back to what you said, uh, Loris, like, I don't know, three, four episodes ago where uh HBO Max movies don't feel like real movies. This yeah. didn't feel, didn't feel like a real movie. didn't look like a real movie. It felt like.
0: Oh, I never I said know. that about HBO Max. I said that about Apple, Apple movies okay. and Apple TV um, shows well, feel like movies and TV shows in movies. But... uh Go ahead, finish your statement here. Yeah,
1: this it. didn't really... Like, if I had seen this at a theater, I think I would have been mm-hmm. disappointed because there's nothing about it that's cinematic. There's nothing about it that feels like it's not just a pilot of a series. You know, if this was a pilot of a series, I'd be like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. But as a movie, I there's nothing interesting that happens that, like, that would keep you or, or that satisfy you by the end. Uh, he dies in a very... Omar type of way from The Wire, just bringing it back, of, of like, yeah. you know, just this random guy that was hired by uncle, whatever his name is, bald guy, to kill him because he laughed at him when he fell, which was also kind of like, oh, that's all right. that's a That's a bit... Again, I'm not familiar with the character on the show that much, but it's just kind of like, oh, can can we can we give this like a real reason other than he made fun of me two months ago, and I'm gonna get him killed for making fun of me when I doesn't fell. he
0: doesn't you try to get Tony killed over something like very small and similar? Uh, so it's yeah, it's, I don't think it's out of line with this particular character, but yeah, for if, for somebody like you who has
1: no knowledge of that. For a main character to die like that, just very unceremoniously, <laughs> when we follow him for almost two hours, it's just kind of like, oh, cool. You, were you trying to do the same thing you did with the series where it's all mysterious or whatever? But no, then it's revealed that it was Uncle, whatever, the one that did speaking it. So of, like, speaking oh. of that
0: mysterious element, I really disliked it when there was that moment where Tony is picking up Christopher as a baby. And then the old lady's like, well, maybe he just knows something from the other
3: side.
0: <laughs> it's like, all right, we get it. He killed. I mean, it was kind of funny, but
3: yeah, it like, we get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, there it's was him. a lot of moments like that where it's like, hey, this guy's from that show. Hey, you know, this is the guy. So like the, the way wig...
2: Junior, I always thought part of what Junior was doing when he when he would kind of be vicious in the show, I always felt like that was part of like going like uh he's like turning geriatric or something like he was turning like senile so yeah 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 and so to have him as a young man be like i'm going to do something that's completely irrational and stupid when we know that junior doesn't i mean he's he's brutal but like he's not um he's also sentimental and the way that they showed this character flip like it was some origin thing like he hurt his back and got laughed at and this is where he just he just—he's yeah, the Joker in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Joker. He's just like,
1: "Hang, kill my yeah, brother." Yeah, because like when he gets killed, I'm kind of like, oh, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess you're you're going for like the mysterious ending again." It's like it's done, and he can't stop the phone. And I was like, "Oh." Why explain it then? <laughs> just leave it open. Maybe, you know, that would be more interesting that, oh, this guy, you know, you laughed at him. And then when he tried to get up and he couldn't, you were like, <laughs> ha ha. And now he's killing you. It's like, did you just really just watch two hours for this guy to get killed by someone that, you know.
0: You know what, Hans? You, you summed it up perfectly, which is that this movie feels not really like a movie, but like a pilot. It does feel like a pilot episode where it's like they, they open up all these little doors that could go somewhere next time. But then don't really like the only thing that feels especially cinematic about it, aside from the stars, but I mean, nowadays you can get this cast for a TV show is um, just the fact that you kill off the lead character at the end of the movie in such a a, a, like a prompt manner. He has a a full uh, beginning, middle and end, but... Aside from that, it does feel like, all right, this could just be a backdoor pilot. This could be, uh, mm-hmm. what was it, Mork and Mindy, that one episode of Happy Days where they introduce Robin Williams and his friend and then spin that off into a brand new TV show. They do that all the time. Anyway, okay. right, <laughs> that's, that's that's the vibe of this okay. movie is, uh, is Mork and Mindy.
2: Yeah, it, it, it felt like a cartoon. Did it feel like a cartoon? Like, it was, there were was so many all of those actors even the guy who played junior he's like a jewish he's jewish he's like <laughs> 6'3, he's like fucking ripped and like the fucking guy who played them in the show is this like diminutive skinny guy and even in the flashbacks of in the show would show him like as a really skinny kind of guy right which would add to the to his maybe why he's so brutal as well because he's tiny and he's got to like be tougher but Instead, Art it's like complex, every right? single the guy who plays Paulie Walnuts or whatever the fuck his name is Walnuts Tony Wal- whatever you know what I'm talking about the, Yeah yeah, the, yeah. There's Paulie the There's plays- a
0: There's a younger version of Paulie of Sill right. and uh, Pussy in this Pussy. movie
3: and Pussy,
0: right. they're all Apparently very yeah. SNL all very yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, the Silvio guy with his comb over and then at the end he has the worst wig I've ever seen in anything. And it's like, all right, I, I understand oh, that. It, oh,
0: dude, that walk really... I was like, oh, geez, okay. He was
1: really it's getting like, into I under, it. I understand that in The Sopranos, his hair looks fake. Mm. I don't know if that's the point of it. Again, I haven't seen it was like all, Muppet all of it, Babies. But it. It was exactly like it,
0: Muppet Babies, but these <laughs> the Sopranos like characters.
1: It looks, it looks fake. So, okay, but then they do a, like a point <laughs> to make him have a fucking comb over that his woman can't even touch because when she tries to touch him he's like don't touch my fucking comb (laughs) over and then he shows up with the worst wig i've ever seen that i guess matches kind of the one the sopranos and then he's he's doing like this very theatrical very like uh imitation of the character it's just like what is this like why why now you know we haven't seen anything like this throughout the movie and then at the end you just throw him doing that impression of of uh yeah sylvia's walking like there Danny was-
0: DeVito's penguin at the end of batman returns when he's <laughs> gonna march and die into the lake or whatever yeah it's it it feels very i mean everyone's given kind of an amped up cartoonish performance in this movie ray liotta also in both of his Who roles
1: looks horrendous by the way he looks so creepy <laughs> with his fucking you know yeah. his rock face it looks like like a monster from game of thrones or something yeah, just right. like horrible just red and rocky and then oh he's dead and now we're gonna go see his twin brother at fucking jail that looks that exactly well, okay like, so
0: i remember the trailer like, initially shows ray liotta in prison so i was thrown for a loop where when he just gets lit on fire i was like what how are they gonna how are they gonna get out of this one uh and then the,
1: he gets the, killed the also in a very shows up he he gets killed in a really weird manner too it's just like you're just gonna hit your head against the wheel and then you're dead it's like that's not really brutal at all that's not that's not very uh, like, excuse you're all gangster i right? had to,
0: look i suffered that quite a lot from you personally <laughs> on the set of mass state lottery so easy for you to say you're doling it out <laughs> oh
1: i just like i i I felt like there was like a couple maybe a gunshot or something like that didn't feel like enough of a you know thing to kill a guy and but then oh he's like 70
0: he's a 70 year old fat man with a soft head i i don't think it's that unreasonable but i mean what what, he wanted wanted, he got lit on
2: fire maybe he survived up until we don't know we don't know anything. So he, so he, that's maybe survive. That's his. That's <laughs> that's the that's his father. He kills his father because his yeah. father starts beating up the fucking Italian broad. So he kills that's his f- dad for this like broad, and so then burns his fucking body on fire, and then goes to his uncle. The rest of the movie, looking for what?
1: For uh, father guidance that he never got from his real father i guess and then he would just buy him records that he i guess thought were jazz but weren't <laughs> that was such a weird interaction i didn't that i didn't understand, understand what they were trying to do there very
0: michael imperioli he's talking about the buddha and he's talking about yeah. all sorts of wisdom he's he's trying to impose on him in prison i i, mean, I, I don't know he, it's a it's such a peculiar choice to have Ray Liotta play both of those roles. Do you think that was decided beforehand? Or were they just sure. like, oh, we like Ray Liotta. Maybe, maybe we could just <laughs> stretch this out an extra 15 days instead of hiring somebody else. Hey,
1: remember Ray, Liotta, Ray, Liotta, Ray, Liotta, Ray Liotta, like, 30 years ago? He was great. Remember that, guys? Let's have him twice.
2: Ray, Ray Liotta, his his character is like, let me, let me teach you what I've learned in prison about the Buddha. And raping guys.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, n- n-
1: yeah. Very questionable choices for that character <laughs> to try to make him interesting. And, and then he just, I, I don't know. Also, his story is
0: he killed a maid guy and went to prison and
1: nobody took him out. Like, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. And he doesn't talk to anyone in jail. That's, that's the main thing. This main character is he's trait, also so he
0: equally as fat. Even though he's in
1: prison, he's the same yep. exact size. Um, yeah, he's got a haircut. They didn't want to Cut add his like hair, a liquefy <laughs> tool to his face. Uh, just shaved his head a couple of days before shooting, and and that's the difference between brothers, I guess. He eats just as well as the gangster guy that has money outside of jail. So,
2: and and that Italian woman was like really like not worth all of that shit. <laughs> like, that was like she wasn't that pretty. She's kind of annoying, really. I would have sent her ass back on the fucking plane like in, in a week. Like, all right, that was fun. Bye. You seem weird.
1: Thanks a lot for everything. And then the scene when he kills her. Yeah, it's so which funny, was, dude. Which, so which funny. was like, I felt like I wrote that scene. Because <laughs> he, <was> like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, well, you know what? Uh, someone just came over and. He's like, and then what? And then, you know, <laughs> and then you know, and then you know, and then who was the guy? Oh, you know, the one black guy. You know, and it's like, all right, bitch, I'm gonna kill you. It's like, what is this? What, what's happening here? Yeah, all right, bitch, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> that, which is what he—that's what he did. He's like, I can't believe you fuck that black guy, so I'm gonna. Uh, he didn't say that you. black
0: guy, Hans. He said uh, okay, Hudson little... or
1: Gordon. Whatever <laughs> no, he didn't say was. that
0: either. He was using some other words.
1: Well, I can't use that word because then you would have to edit it right here. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't say the word. But yeah, that was so weird. Such a weird ending to that weird relationship that was. I don't think. Look, that's not a
0: weird ending for 1960, 1950, whatever this movie took place in for Italians in New York or New Jersey. Nah, that sounds about right to me. I knew that conclusion was coming the minute she was in bed with that dude.
3: That was bad
0: news. That was. Jungle Fever gone awry. but is they never, the
1: guy that...
2: Then, But they never got like revenge or anything. Well, the revenge was, was the like,
0: gentrification
2: at the end, right? right? The reverse
0: gentrification. It's like, now this is our block. That right. was, that was gonna, a
2: weird little pin to put
0: in the movie I, after the fact.
1: I thought, I thought they were going to do something with the post-credits, and I was like, alright, I'm going to turn this off, and then I saw that there was more stuff on it. I was like, oh, cool. And then it was just a weird white guy, just like uh in the sidewalk just like <laughs> with a broom and then he looks at him and he's like and it ends it's like what is what happened i uh all right so so he won and by winning he now lives in a neighborhood full of racists that hate him go team i guess i don't know like that that was so weird and that was the guy that slept with her right yeah yeah okay Oof. All right. Yeah. That that was, I don't know. That was, that was weird. You know what it felt right. like? It felt
0: like somebody at HBO was like, you know, we have a POC initiative where we have to have 30% cast or crew or something. Maybe we could add this little subplot here. And it feels like so inc- inconsequential to the entire movie, aside from that guy's relationship with, with Dickie. And uh, obviously it being the downfall of that love interest. But I mean, aside from that, like it, that felt out of place. A lot of the um, following that character individually on his own felt out of place, especially since we're so wrapped up in the world of the, the Italians. So I, I mean, I, I don't understand what the motivation was. I think it was just uh, doing what these comic book films do, which is we're going to sprinkle some seeds in here in case we want to pick up things down the road. Maybe we'll do a TV show. Maybe we'll do another movie, a spin-off movie, what was the uh, spinoff for the conjuring Annabelle with the nun? We're going to do something like that with Sopranos. So you'll get like Archie, Archie junior high or something with Tony Soprano and his friends and (laughs) you'll get the black guy. And that'll be for the urban HBO audience of today. And that's how that's (laughs) going to go.
1: Dealing with racism in the seventies. Yeah. I think that's only mentioned when the John Barenthal character drives by a black family moving in. Not even sure if it's the same family or not, but there's a black family moving into the neighborhood. And he gets really angry about a black family moving into the neighborhood. He's like, how dare you let this happen? And it's never mentioned <laughs> again. The, raid, the riots that happen have nothing to do with anything they do. So it's kind of like, well, the police got a guy all right <laughs> you know and then they start burning the city and then it's like hey let's go out to see the city burn hey boys let's let's do a line up here like the avengers where we're all in a line watching the city burn it's like oh, are you gonna go with that at all is, is this gonna become part of the plot at all
2: this is a, no this is it dave simon what's this guy's name the guy who david, simon, yeah. david, david simon david chase
0: oh yeah
2: I, david chase is, is he created the show no, simon. david
0: chase uh created the show no. I'm retarded
1: no, David Simon <laughs> What are you talking <laughs> anyway, about? It's David Chase I think David
2: Chase I think David Chase, <laughs> I, think David Chase the- David- I think David Chase oh, had right. a TDS And I think his brain Is warped and melted
1: David and John now he's like buyer. trying, cause
2: he, cause the Sopranos was never a political show. Like you would just watch it. It's not, that's why everyone loved it. Cause it was, and he, everyone could relate to that character. And and then i think he got tds and his brain melted and warped and he was like i have to make sure that evil will never return with my you know with my new project so he injected all this like civil rights shit like slave slave. don't talk like that Get wait me wait, more wait. Tea, slave the way, that, the way the that that seems written the way that that seems written with the with the black couple it's like Black people don't talk to each other like that. What the fuck are you talking about? They're like, well, you know, you can't get nothing because you're a black man. And it's just going to be hard. He's like, yeah, I'm a black man in this white world. I'm like, who the fuck talks like
0: that? What the fuck is this? It it must be
2: extremely
0: agonizing to be like a black person who's aware of this. And just like everything that features you is about how you're just being constantly shit on and how you're too weak and you need to ride. Like there's no escape from that at any corner. And even with not to get into like Cape shit again, but this new spawn movie that's coming out is now taking a racial politic bend when that character has never been about that. Spawn's always been like black by circumstance rather than it being part of the identity. Like he, he's a fucking fed, you know, it doesn't matter. It's so inconsequential to who that character is, but now it's just like, it's invaded every corner of, everything black it's i i mean
1: it seems like a great there's a scene go Go ahead finish it no finish your point well there's a scene here that was very jarring to me that i even had to google the lyrics of what the guy was saying it was gil scott heron your soul is mine is the song it's like a poetry thing that he was saying during the riots I don't know if you remember but there's like a, a piece when the rights are starting and then this very smooth guy that's like talking through it and saying some shit. And yeah. I was like, what are you, what? This is so weird because he's not a
0: throwback to Sopranos. Cause I think the opening of season six or whatever the final season is does open with a weird, like spoken word poetry thing with a slight beat to it. And they kind of interweave in and out of the characters lives, trying to give you a recap, I guess, of what's been happening since the last season. So that, that stylistic choice is another reference to the show.
1: Well, you can do that in a series though, because you have multiple episodes to set that up. But if that happens there, it's like, okay, well, cool. It's the episode that has that. But when you just use it once in a movie to, I don't know, show your wokeness uh this matter where you got a poet from the 70s or 80s to talk over the fake rioting that's happening i i was very confused because i didn't know what was happening again i'm not familiar with the series 100 but i was like why 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 like what why do you have a what a spoken word in the middle of this movie that has nothing to do with the main characters or anything that we're seeing on screen and then it ends and it's never mentioned again it's never done again so it just feels like a very forced thing to put while the city supposedly you know catches on fire uh as like a little bit of virtue of like you know this uh anti i guess Government, I don't know because they do the same thing with with another of the guys that's just riding in his car and then he's listening to some slam poetry or something too or something very funky on the radio too. That's very like oh white man. Mm. It's like it, 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 nothing, nothing about it feels authentic. Uh, that like that stuff feels very padded up and very like well I guess we I don't know this was happening in the sixties and seventies so we have to put it in here but it, it doesn't feel like it comes from. A voice of experience that lived through that or a voice of you know i know what happened feels more like well i'm a white guy and and i'm gonna find something here so that he feels like i'm being virtuous and woke about this but i have no fucking idea how this you know
2: yeah if, if david chase works. wants to do a show about 60s being black in the 60s and the rates riots and all that I'd be down to watch that series. I'll watch that series if that's what it's about. And he's doing a whole series about about that. But to just inject this thing out of nowhere and be like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to think? I'm here for the Italians, dude. And you didn't hire any, but I'm still here for the cartoons (laughs) that you're calling Italians to, to be these characters. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I was just waiting for this thing to become what it's supposed to be. And it never fucking does. And also the main character,
1: the only time he interacts with anything like that is when he runs into them and then he, drives back in reverse and then he gets hit in the face with a rock or something. And then he arrives to his house or someone's house with like a thing on his face. That's it. He has no interaction with anyone else that has anything to do with it. So it really feels like, you know, let's pad it up with this woke thing. Even if it doesn't make any sense, because we have to mention the race relations of the time or whatever, but it did absolutely nothing to either advance the plot or show us anything about any characters that mattered. Uh, it was yeah it felt more like a you know a a woke white person trying to show that he supports people of color and so I'm like this is supposed to be a movie about Italians you know (laughs) like what are you like I don't understand what the goal of the movie is if that's what you were trying to do like you said if you're trying to do like a a movie about how rough those times were for for black people okay fine but just attack it in here where it doesn't fit at all and where it doesn't really change anything on the story other than give us five extra minutes of filler it's just like i don't understand the point of it
2: not a lot of n-word usage too
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, well the fact we are sort of
2: accustomed to the yeah there's one there's
0: one And I was surprised they even had the one. I I went into it expecting nothing. I went into it maybe expecting uh, somebody to use the word like colors or something. You know how they like to Mm -hmm. tone it down? They won't go Mm -hmm. fully all in on the racism. They'll give you like a a really light, cheesy term. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they'll say spear chucker or something like that.
1: It's like, come That's on! A word. I've never heard that You've one. never heard of that. You can hang out in America Spirit more. Seven. Yeah, you got uh, Porch Monkey or
0: something. you just well, like, hey, oh, come I on! Get, we don't need I to go understand. down the list. Jesus, right. wait, I'm gonna be able to put this on
1: YouTube now. <laughs> Fucking asshole! I'm
3: anyway. <laughs> so I'm just, yeah, you I, know, I,
1: mentioning the, the they, slurs of the time that are not the word, like you're saying. You know, they usually it's like Kevin Smith and Clerks too. Why didn't he just use the N-word instead of that? You know. <laughs> That's not you know,
3: not charming, guys. Hans, that's why. <laughs> it didn't
0: end with Randall drowning Hans because he slept with, uh, well, anyway, they do strategically yeah. throw that word out here for Dickie to use as he's drowning his, his uh, uh, dear, dearly beloved in the, in the beautiful waters of New Jersey.
2: This is the point of no return, you see. He uses the magic word, and he also <laughs> commits murder you gotta get all and, the uh, evil out of the way is, in one go right, that's how it right. works this is how no. the audience is because you know this audience is all fucking their brains are melted so when they watch this shit they're like oh you see he said the magic word it's a it's a it's he's just put a curse on himself and while mm-hmm. he killed this whore i'm more mad and, about that than the murder personally, yeah. well, personally well, he had to kill he her die because... for saying that
1: he had to kill her because she was the only person that heard him say the word. So he you didn't want him. that to get
2: out.
0: <laughs>
3: he to you didn't want to get
1: canceled, of course not. That's what to do. Yeah. Yeah. do?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. It was so. It was so wrong. Everything was so wrong. And 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 because it was so wrong, though, it actually made it very funny for me to watch. The funniest part, the part where I I, I just I laughed out loud. I almost pissed my pants. It was when he's looking at Vicky in the casket. And it's just this moment, and then you hear like pop pop and the fucking theme oh, song, to The pinky
3: shit. Welcome this. Oh, that was my yeah. favorite part of
1: the movie. I was like, Yeah,
3: let's do this shit.
1: <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is this <laughs> a great song, you know. <laughs> that's the that's the thing that, that I got from this movie: that the, the one thing that Uncle Dicky taught Tony was how to pinky swear, and that's it. <laughs> like that's that's how he becomes. Tony Soprano. He learned to pink his hair by his dead uncle, which he didn't want to do when he was alive. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think Laura, is, I think you liked it way more than I did. I don't know about Anthony, but I know that you liked it way more than I did. What did you enjoy about this movie?
3: Well,
0: I, I still thought it was like decent as a film and as a distant attachment of the Soprano series. I don't think it did anything to sully the series uh, or make itself feel totally Relevant in regards to the sphere of it, whereas you take a look at it. I mean, I, listen, I, I think that movies based on TV shows or specifically rather as continuations of TV shows exist in a very interesting sphere because they have to do this balancing act where they have to be able to exist as a movie for somebody like you, who's not really aware of the whole lore that's there and uh, also serve as something that's going to be faithful to, what came before right so we see very few examples of this and uh al camino is probably the last big one i want to say and that just feels like a three-part breaking bad episode rolled into one there's nothing particularly cinematic about it the performances are a little cheesy they i think was it a hair piece that was on aaron paul and his big round cheeks where they're trying to like match cut it to the end of the series. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't look the exact <laughs> yeah. same or Jesse is Plemons is suddenly yeah. 70 pounds yeah. fatter. And he's like 20 <laughs> years old. Oh, that's just a moment with Todd where he looked very bloated that day. So yeah. something like that, I don't think works as a movie on its own. You can't go watch El Camino knowing nothing about Breaking Bad. Right. Uh, something like Twin Peaks, the return not uh, not the return um, fire walk with me. That's somewhere in between I would say, where it certainly helps if you know something about Twin Peaks, but you don't really need to know anything about
1: Twin Peaks. What and about this... something like, like uh, Burn Notice, The Fall of Santa
0: <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out on this show
3: when <laughs> we watch and cover that.
0: Uh, I have not seen that yet. So okay. this this movie, I think my assumption is that it can serve as a film on its own. And I'd be curious to get your take on that, even though you're riddled with complaints about this. Uh, But just as a movie with a three-act structure and its own characters, do you think that this felt like a real enough or authentic enough movie on its own without any involvement of the series?
1: Uh, This is going to sound rough, but it feels like as much of a movie as Gotti felt to me. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I don't have the attachment to the character. So when they would mention them and they would pop up on the screen. I would go online because I don't know the names, but I I know what they look like. So I'll be like, okay, so that's pussy. I know what happens to him. That's the guy with the, uh, you know, salt and pepper hair. Okay. Uh, But then, you know, the fact that they were all caricatures of that, like Anthony said, like feels very much like a cartoon kind of, i i, I don 't know it didn 't really blend with me, even though again i 'm not familiar with the arcs in the series, but then I also didn 't find the main character to be interesting in any way i don 't think he does anything that makes you want to either root for him or root for him to perish or to you know whatever happens to to him happen so it feels very much like one of those movies that you just play in the background and, and you don 't really have to pay attention to it because there 's nothing interesting or nothing uh, that if you don 't watch the first fifteen minutes, or if you miss uh, ten minutes in the middle of it uh, you you don 't really lose anything by the end of it. you know you you get what the point of it is, you get who this character is, you get why he reacts the way he does, I guess, uh, and then at the end, when the thing happens, and then all the soprano cheese with Tony happens it 's kind of like a, all right, I guess I guess you needed to add something here because there 's not a, enough sopranos in it. But as a movie by itself, if you're not familiar with who anyone is, I, I it doesn't it didn't really do anything for me that I would recommend. It looks fine, like the cinematography was all right. Nothing again. It felt to me very much like um, uh, what's the fucking John uh, James Wan movie? I forgot the the name of it already because yeah, where where it's like okay, so it looks good but it doesn't really do anything special that would separate it from any other movies of that genre, which is why I mentioned Gotti. This is the first, first gangster movie recent that came to mind where that movie is not good, but it has like its own style. And I I, I guess uh, you, you can watch it. I wouldn't watch it again, but this one suffers from the same thing where I didn't find any of the characters interesting enough for me to get invested in the story and then there's nothing different about the filmmaking that makes you say, "Oh, that that shot is interesting," or that camera movement was really interesting and added a lot to the drama, whatever was happening. It felt very much painted by the numbers, uh, not just the writing but also the filmmaking. So I, I, I yeah, I did, didn't really do much for me other than you know sitting there for two hours hoping for the Sopranos stuff to start and then it never does. Hey,
0: you know what was the best movie? To come from a TV show is uh, Good Burger. There you go. That's the prime example yeah, of a good. self-contained movie yeah. from a TV show. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a... What the hell? Uh, well, I'm just looking at Wikipedia of TV show-based movies right now. Did you know there was a different Strokes movie? Speaking of what's happening in oh. good times. Oh, well, no. That might be something Is that I'm
1: What little what's his name gets touched by a neighbor Webster mm-hmm. Emmanuel Lewis. Yeah. I don't know. Emmanuel Lewis. Yeah.
2: This, this movie felt like the revenge of the Sith of the Sopranos. Ooh. Cause it was like, yeah. Like it was at the end that remember that last like five, 10 minutes of the, of revenge of the Sith. It was like, they just crammed all the fucking shit in there that you had been asking about for the other two movies. Like, mm-hmm. what about this and this and this? They're like, Oh, this is why Yoda goes to Dagobah. This is why did the, oh, and here's Luke and Leia, and oh, this is how she dies. And they just cram it all in. They do the same thing with this, where he's Tony's like talking on the phone. He's like, Carmella, give me some coins, and she gives him the coins. And there's Carmella, and then you know you see uh, what else? There was, it was it, they just kept cramming all these references at the very end to be like fan service. And even that song was like the fucking crescendo of that whole thing. It's like, what is this? This is not, (laughs) (laughs) you you said this is going to be its own
0: thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was really expecting. And I am sure they considered this doing one of those like deep fake voices with Gandolfini uh, as Tony, like they did with the Bourdain documentary. I thought they might do that or like a deep fake face on somebody like they did with Paul Walker in the Fast and the Furious movie after he died. I thought we were in for something that was going to be a little more current day, I guess. Um, And I was pleased to see they didn't go that route, but that's the trade off, right? Is instead of doing something that's completely disrespectful to an actor who cannot reprise their role, right? Instead of, instead of getting the deep fake of Jack Nicholson's face, as Jack Torrance like you do in Ready Player One or whatever, you get uh, what is it? Henry Thomas from E.T. with a receding hairline trying to look like Jack Nicholson. You have these spooky world actors uh, coming to show up on the set dressed as your favorite, your favorite characters in cosplay. That's what you wind up getting instead. And uh, I don't know if that's, I guess it's better, but it's still not good. That's really Mm -hmm. what it comes down to. Uh, And just to go back to what we were saying before, I think as a movie, especially a movie in 2021, this is fine. This is look, we've been ragging on it a lot. I still enjoyed this movie. I don't think it's that negative in quality. I think as a soprano successor, it waffles certainly. But uh as a little character piece where you're following the the Dicky Maltesante character, uh, which is he's the, the the main actor is very good in this movie. In my opinion, anyway, I forget what his he, name is, uh, Alessandro something. I think he does a more than serviceable job, and he he's Bola. good in he's good in everything that he winds up uh, acting in. He's great in the Neon <laughs> Demon as like a slimy uh, photographer or whatever.
1: Yeah. Have you guys seen the the Art of Self Defense?
0: Yes. Oh, he was <laughs> he, the he was the antagonist the movie, wasn't he? Yeah, uh-huh. he was great. I, I was, knew I recognized him from something else. Yeah, he's he's terrific.
2: So, he's, yeah, he's got a real funny way of talking.
0: Yeah, yeah. he's like, that's cool. He's got his own thing. He's a unique character as far as uh, leading men go
2: these days. Maybe because he's not primed to be a leading man. And he's the only, like, he's the only, I think he's probably the only Italian actor there. And he's Italian-American too, so he's he's just there. Mm Mm-hmm and there's no he's like the only authentic one but they could have just found went to jersey shore and found a bunch of actors that just (laughs) look like those guys and be like okay fuck it i'm sure some
1: like one of their nephews or something that looks just like them but instead of going to jail can act in this movie or whatever yeah
2: yeah no this was I, i i i yeah i feel the same way you do i i think it's more like um it's more it's more funny than anything else it's actually a funny it's a laugh out loud movie because it's like what the fuck are you even what is even happening i'm like yelling i'm like talking to people like do you know what's happening can you tell me what's (laughs) happening in this and they're like no no just on the phone
1: i was very confused also i just confused i just remember the scene where they grab the the black gentleman and they're all (laughs) No, well, he's a characters, gentleman.
0: That wasn't the words no, that, you were using that, earlier, Hans.
1: Well, no, it's a different gentleman. Uh they grab him and then it's the soprano characters being comedically funny as they torture him. That was really weird because that it's was... like I'm wearing my coat and then he got blonde, and his coat like, Hey, my coat. It's yeah. like what? You're you're torturing, you're blowing this guy's mouth with uh, whatever the fuck that is. I don't even know what that is, like an electric hammer or something. Uh, and and they're being like a cartoon of the characters, so that you can be like, hey, that's Polly and that's Silvio or whatever. Right, and it wouldn't feel feels... out
0: of place in something like Casino or Goodfell, where you see it time and time again. But when you have the the caricatures of essentially what are caricatures
2: to begin with, it yeah. feels
0: <laughs> off. It feels very peculiar and just abnormal
2: in that in that respect too it, it but it does it did reflect how they handled murders in the show a lot of yeah. the times the murders in the show would be like silly i think Christopher in the first episode like kills the guy and the the way he, he's like slipping in his blood and shit and they're always like chasing somebody down to kill him and it's a comp- you know it, it they the show did get slapstick the problem is it's like when you have people who look like cartoons in makeup and prosthetics and then you're having them do this like brut- brutality thing you're just like what <laughs> the fuck is happening right yeah. now is i didn't think they would really do it and then his teeth are flying everywhere like holy shit what the fuck
3: is this yeah yeah was-
1: I, now if you didn't have the sopranos co- connection like let's say none of the sopranos characters are in this or they have different names because nothing about them really changes anything with the dickie story do you think this would work as a non-soprano related movie and it's just about this guy that was in the mafia and who had a very short successful uh career i guess well Uh, if we're if we're
0: making that adjustment does that still include these these imitations of the characters that are clearly, like, inferior to the real people, like what we're talking
1: about right now? Well, no. I, I there will be cartoony, maybe, in, like, uh, Italian on a movie, like you said, Goodfellas and Casino, where they're kind of caricatures of what Italian people are, but they have no relation to the characters. They, they're not forced to kind of look like the characters. They're just that italian stereotype in there but completely remove everything soprano about the movie even the the mom who was really good by the way vera formiga playing tony's mom she got it spot on that impression but again just remove any sopranos reference or any sopranos character that you've seen here and would this be a compelling enough movie about the main character for you to feel the same way that you feel about it right now
0: in my opinion, so the script was written by David Chase and Lawrence Connor, and I'm not too familiar with what David Chase has written outside of Sopranos episodes. And Dave, uh, Lawrence Connor is a TV writer, and they're both very old men in their 70s. Um, I think Lawrence Connor is best known for Superman 4. So just, just goes to show what the extent of his uh, writing capabilities maybe are. Maybe that's not fair. There's plenty of screenwriters that have their name on really shit scripts and they have nothing to do with it. But listen, I think if you get somebody like Terrence Winter to do a rewrite of this or maybe write the script to begin with, who was a guy who worked on Boardwalk Empire and then would later go on to write The Irishman and uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and you focus it on that Dicky character and how he's kind of a, a prominent mob guy and eventually what his downfall is, I think you have a much better film than if you have all these fan service aspects that you have to cater to. Like we got to focus on Tony Soprano, the nephew and how he just stole the ice cream truck and he's doing this and that. And then we got the black people over here. If you just focus on the Dickie character and maybe his weird relationship with his father. And then also the, even the uncle and, uh, the, the, the woman he's cheating on his wife with, I think you have a far superior film. Um, yeah. It just gets lost in what it's trying to dabble in,
2: yeah, I think you could even leave the 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 black ankle in there too where where it could be where the race riots themselves act as a sort of parable to what's or some sort of reflection of what's going on between these two guys who are kind of friendly, and it's about their the way they uh you know i don't know it, it would just be a story about those two guys you could do that yeah and have those riots going on be like oh this is the story and be like yeah this is the soprano sequel right and 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 it could that, that's basically what this the, the that's prequel or sorry not sequel, prequel that's that's basically what this thing should have been it should have been like this is its own entire little thing there's barely ever any references to the old thing because that we don't want to rehash that shit. We want to, you know, this is our little contained story that will give you a little filler to, to watch. But this, I can't, I'll watch it again out of entertainment. But if I'm, like, going to watch the Sopranos series again, I'm not going to be like, ooh, I got to watch the prequel.
3: start with before Many before Saints can... in Newark before you the yeah. series.
1: <laughs> you know? Well, because... <clears throat> If if you're trying to do an extended universe of the sopranos or whatever I think, <laughs> it, I, think it will, <laughs> I think it will I think it will work out much better <laughs> if you if you're able to yeah if you're able to set up a character that has nothing to do with them so that you don't have those chains pulling it down and then at the end hey uh he, he tussles tony's hair and then tony's like i'm tony soprano or whatever the fuck look at my right. cartman uh <laughs> and and that's how you lead it into the other thing instead of just forcing characters that don't really do anything for the story or anything for the character other than kill him i guess uh just because you want it to be in the same universe as the soprano but that's the thing that that kind of was disappointing to me that you don 't really hash the main character enough without that influence from the show for me to care or for me to to uh yeah care about his outcome I guess because every time you're, you you kind of get into it then you get these caricatures with their side story that doesn 't really fit into this like Tony smoking weed and his sister smoking weed, his mom being upset about that. That has nothing to do with anything that we see with the story. Uh, the the ice cream cru- uh, ice cream truck and everything else that Tony does, uh, like he interacts with his uncle a couple of times and they do the pinky swear that he's like, I'm not going to do that. That's gay or whatever Tony says. But I feel like that's kind of what dragged it for me that because I'm a little bit familiar with some of those characters, wherever they would be on screen, it felt like like a cosplay thing like you said uh, just kind of a caricature thing so I couldn't go all in into the this guy's story if you were able to do it as like a you know this is Dickie whatever his last name story is uh whatever his last name is story uh and then at the end you have like a little bit of well here's Tony or here is any other Here's character than that. Tony
0: and then yeah. you have
1: Henry Thomas playing Tony, yeah. Soprano. <laughs> playing Tony Soprano. Because they overhyped the fact that, that uh, Gandolfini's son is was going to play him. And oh my God, he looks just like him. And oh my God, he's going to. And then he's barely in the movie. He's like a side character that doesn't really add anything other, other than, well, you know, Tony is kind of hard headed and Tony smokes weed and enjoys music and loud speakers. And that ends up dragging it for me uh when it comes to the you know getting involved in Dick's story whereas if you had maybe tagged that at the end maybe the pinky swear becomes a thing uh because we only see tony once or twice in the movie but every every soprano thing felt like not a part of his story and it didn't feel like it influenced anything other than you know the guy that kills him
2: yeah i like the music though the music was really good i like the soundtrack like pretty much all the songs were like like, oh that's a good tune
1: right very funky
2: yeah uh the song that he's listening to in his headphones that's some shit i had never heard of that's a good jam and then they played fucking what's his name Uh, i i listen to him a lot oh god he's got a weird ass name uh fucking what's his name i'll never think of it (laughs) uh, bob (laughs) Dylan. No, it sounds like Bob Dylan. It's a guy that sounds like Bob Dylan. He does that song, the Moondan song.
1: Smash Mouth. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think it was Kid Rock. They had Kid Rock. Van Van Morrison. Van Morrison. Van Morrison is great. That's a great, that's a good tune that they're listening to in the convertible. And the the, the, the way it was edited and the camera movement as well, just what they were doing with the camera and the, and the editing I thought was pretty, pretty sharp. It was good. It was smooth. Like the cuts, you didn't really notice them, you know? I wanted to ask what you guys thought
0: of the general like set and setting of this film where it feels like they're using a lot of the, the leftover buildings for Joker and um, what was the other film that took place in the 70s uh, that came out on HBO Max this year? It was Joker and it was... Um, God Wonder Woman. No. No, that was 1986 or whatever. There oh, was some right, HBO 80, Max movie that came out this year that had the same exact look as Many Saints of Newark, which has the same exact look as Joker.
1: was it that Jared Leto one? Who no, that took Jamie place
0: Fox? in the 90s. Oh. That was Denzel yeah.
1: Washington. You racist. You're so bigoted. You're <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I don't know who the actor is. <laughs> who,
2: who, who, who is that? Uh, what was that show that they were doing um, about New York? The deuce. It was all New York. The deuce yeah. Um, Do you think it's any, any leftover shit from that? Too? Oh, it, it must be. I mean, I think, look, I think a
0: good portion of it is probably just CG. I know they fill in a lot of gaps with oh, that. Yeah. That's the most easy yeah. thing. But I, I mean, I, 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 dug the look of it oh i know what it was it was judas and the black messiah that has a very similar look to this movie takes place during the same exact time period so you have to think that they're probably just knocking these out all in one go leaving the sets up and having the the cars and everything available uh wardrobe but uh i mean that's a that's a very good movie too by the way it's a better movie than this in my opinion i thought that was going to be some garbage and uh it is not it's actually a, a fairly strong film and the director's a solid director and did a very funny short film uh a, a while back uh, the name is escaping me at the moment but <clears throat> oh this to, was good interesting yeah okay that it definitely exceeded my expectations i have it Probably in my top five or six for the year so far, but that's wow. not saying much. Right. This movie's like <laughs> number eight right now, so that's the <laughs> status of things.
1: Wait, wasn't Judas and the Black Messiah uh, um, nominated for a bunch of Oscars and shit? Sure? Yeah,
0: so the Oscars this past year did something that they haven't done since about 1934, 1935, which is that they included two years of eligibility. So the Oscars because they knew if they did only 2020, that was going to be a miserable lineup and you'd probably see something really rough winning best picture. Uh for the first time since that that period like 80 years, first time in 80 years they decided to go all right, we're going to do 2020 into early 2021. So I believe the next Oscars will just be the remainder of 2021, maybe because then you're Ugh. getting all fucked up if it's 2021. That's like, that's really what leads to the death of the Oscars is you start to complicate it with that shit. Right, right. That'll be, then, then it's over, which maybe is a good thing. They're writing articles. I don't know if you guys saw this article. I retweeted it. Here's why we need the Oscars. So they can make <laughs> more movies to win Oscars.
1: <laughs> oh, that's
0: a great argument. That's very great. persuasive. Great. What's Sold. your favorite movie
1: of the, of the
0: year? Uh, right so now, it's a movie. Of a
1: 2021.
0: It's called uh, Private Chat, and it stars uh, Peter Vack, who is the master of cum on on Instagram. He's a meme account, and I, he just wound up in this movie. He's a star. And uh, Julia Fox from Uncut Gems, and it's about this oh, weird dude right. who falls in love with a cam girl who's just constantly Whoa. feeding tokens uh. to. And uh, it was shot in 2020. It was supposed to be released in 2020. It got dumped early in 2021, totally under the radar uh, from a director named Ben Hosey. And I watched this at like three in the morning on one, two, three movies or something. And, uh, it exceeded my expectations tenfold. It was very funny. Oh, buddy duress is in the movie as well. It's kind of got like a modern urban New York, like post girls feel to it. Uh, I really dug it. I thought that was a great film. What's it called again? Private chat, private spelled PVT. Okay. Also, you get to see her totally nude and messing around with some dude's dick. <laughs> so there's that. Sold.
1: But, um, yeah, because what are they going to... We're going to have Venom and fucking... Hell Eternals. yeah,
0: biggest movie of the year. What are you talking about? Venom <laughs> just made $90 million. Went, I saw two commercials for Venom and people showed up in droves for Venom. Couldn't believe oh. it. $90 million. Those are like pre-pandemic box office numbers. Shang-Chi... <laughs> 30 million, something like that. Venom, 90 million. Wow. That's fucking sad, isn't it? <laughs> I would feel like good. 190 million. They should give it, they, look, they should nominate it for best picture. Fucking yeah. Let's appeal to everybody. <laughs> Put Venom 2 in there.
2: <laughs> I, I, that's actually what, what I'm more, more excited to watch because the first Venom was, what I liked about that movie was that it was it knew what it was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to be anything else. And it was, it was just ridiculous. It was silly. It felt it like really a silly. good,
0: stupid comic book movie from 1995 or something. Yeah. And that's all yeah. it needed to be. And listen, Carnage is my favorite Spider-Man villain. I'll probably be at the theater soon checking that out. We'll take a look. Yeah. Um, yeah but I, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. So a lot of people say
2: it's fun. fun, More okay. fun than yeah. the last
0: one. It's got better reviews than the, the first one, even.
2: So that's all that's like that's all we ask for. Just make it fun.
1: You can't not, do that like, with superheroes anymore. Yeah. No. You can't. Superheroes are all victims, don't you know? You have to know all their their victim yeah. uh origin story and then all the virtuous things they do and how they step up to the man, even though they're the most powerful. Yeah, but Venom's an world. anti-hero, Hans. That's right. why he's cool.
0: Right. He's the yeah. lethal defender lethal protector. One it doesn't the, feel so
2: like heavy, like, Oh, I got to watch 12 of these. I got to watch 12 yeah. of these and understand what's going on. And so I'm, 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 I'm suiting up for this. It's like, no, this is it. It's gone. Might do a yeah. sequel. That'll be gone too. And I, I guess they're going to incorporate him into Spider-Man, which that movie sounds insane. I don't even know what the fuck that's going to do. They're Sp- just trying Spiny, to be, yeah.
0: they're doing the same thing. So when, and I hate that we always wind up talking about fucking Marvel, <laughs> but uh, when Batman v Superman got announced, excuse me, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, got announced, uh, uh, Marvel was like, ah, damn, we need something to compete with that. Let's do Civil War. And they rushed that out, and it's just a bunch of superheroes uh, fighting on a tarmac for 90 minutes. Okay, big success. Fine. The Flash movie gets announced, and they're like, we're going to bring in Michael Keaton's Batman. We might do Nicolas Cage's Superman that never happened. We're going to have all these out." So then Sony and Marvel are like, well, we... Yeah, Christopher Reeve's yeah, back. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just going to roll in and in the
1: Superman cape. It's just a green screen, just very soft. <laughs> <laughs> no muscles at all, just atrophied body. Oh, that's <laughs> <really> terrible.
3: <laughs>
1: when that <laughs>
0: happened, Marvel goes, all right, well, we're going to do that, but we're going to do it with Spider-Man. That's going to touch people's nostalgia button. And we're going to have Alfred Molina. We're going to have Willem Dafoe. We're going to do Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, everybody. And I guess maybe Tom Hardy. He's wearing a Superman, uh, excuse me, Spider-Man Far From Home cap in some photo. He's teasing at it, which makes me think he's probably not in the movie, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I know that they're trying to do something different where it's like, it's going to be Venom and it's going to be Jared Leto's Morbius. And it's also going to be Michael Keaton's Vulture. Nah. I I don't know what their plan is there, but whatever. I'm fine yeah. with it. I I actually quite like everything Sony's been doing with their superhero shit. I like the Spider-Man into the Spider, uh, Spider-Verse animated yeah. film. I thought that was very good, too. So, yeah. fuck it. Why not?
2: No, it's like the Batman thing. It's like, that's cool to see... Michael Keaton as Batman, you're like, fuck yeah! But then you're like, you want to see Tobey Maguire again? Like, no, I don't ever want to yeah. see Tobey Maguire. Oh, no. oh, all right, <laughs> like, Mate, okay.
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm <laughs> down with that. <laughs> Best Spider-Man <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe. But yeah. these Tobey Maguire, he's yeah, also pushing fifty, flabby.
2: Sea biscuit, fucking pushing fifty.
1: If they could do that seamless young man with Robert De Niro and the Irishman, I'm sure they can do that with toby Maguire. oh yeah with his thing. with his sore what?
0: sensitive hips and he can't kick a man <laughs> properly man. <laughs> i would
3: yeah. i would
2: i would love to see is that is he comes back but he like gains a bunch of weight for the role and he plays like the fat spider-man guy so he's like he he puts on like 50 pounds and he can never lose it it's just gonna be fat toby Maguire forever
0: that would be an amazing. He, 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 for that cameo <laughs> He did that between movies back in like Spider-Man to Spider-Man 2. I remember there was a leaked paparazzi photo of him with a massive like swollen gut. And um, he wound up losing losing the weight in time for the for the role. But it would be great if he I remember people saying he did it just to do it, just to show off that he could do it. If he tried to do that now at at age like 48 or something. Yeah, let's see that. Let's see Spider Man with curves, with big big love handles poking out the outfit. <laughs> he's gonna
1: be playing the Jack Black parody of Spider Man the yeah. VMA. Some yeah. of you guys remember that. The no, he's Jack Jack gonna be Black Spider Pig Spider in this movie. Spider-Man. I would be more
2: excited if you told me that Jack Black was gonna be in the new Spider Man movie as as the Tobey Maguire Spider Man than I am that Tobey Maguire being. <laughs> I I, can't, I don't know. I just can't get hyped for Tobey Maguire. It's like he's kind of the he's so i mean he's not in movies because he's just so bleh. he's like what do you he's do like with For grace yeah, yeah what do you do with him he's he's
0: too it's i don't know if it's that he's bland it's that he's just
2: like too bland. normal of a guy maybe mm-hmm. where like
0: you what's can't what's his best him?
1: performance he's, he's always, always like back.
2: borderline gay too he's always like hi how are you He's always like kind of, he's got just really weird eyes. Like it's, it just gives off gay vibes. I know oh, he's yeah. not gay, but he's, his vibes on the screen are just like, oh, hi, Mary Jane. Like this guy's got no, there's no flavor there. In
0: uh, Wonder Boys with Michael Douglas, yeah. he's just a pathological liar. And then he sleeps with Robert Downey Jr., who is a gay guy. And then it's all, yeah. maybe he's not gay. Maybe he is. I don't know. He's got that constant, vibe, especially in the late 90s, early aughts, before he does Spider Man, when he's just like feeling out what he wants to be in film yeah so also kind of in great gatsby baz
2: Luhrmann's great yeah. gatsby film oh,
3: yeah
2: yeah he's he's yeah he's got those gay eyes in that too he's like <laughs> oh he's so magical like, what the fuck like you're not gonna fall like, does it can he grow a beard i've never seen him with a beard uh did oh, you guys was- ever see brothers that one movie where he's gonna be the oh. tough
0: soldier who gets left behind and then jake gyllenhaal <laughs> who's his brother cucks him <laughs> I think oh, he no. might have had a little stubble in that movie, but I'm pretty sure he was clean shaven.
1: Nope, clean shaven. I'm looking <laughs> at it right
0: cooked. now. Even though he's stranded in the movie. Middle East for
2: for months, he's uh, he's
0: got a nice smooth face.
2: Imagine, like, dude, you had to explain to your brother why you cucked him while he was off getting his fucking arm shot off in Iraq. What the fuck?
3: He What's was wrong apparently with you,
2: he was apparently a
0: voice in Baby Boss, and that's probably the most. That was the boss biggest baby. thing he's done. Boss baby. You uncultured
1: me. swine. <laughs> boss baby the and boss baby he, 20
2: he sequels and TV. He shows. was with a studio head. He was with a girl who was like I think maybe married and had kids with her. And Catherine and Kennedy. Maybe. But it it, no, it was it was some other chick and who whose dad was like the head of Paramount or whatever. Oh, wow. So at that time they were trying to replace Toby McGuire because he hurt his back and I guess he got fat too. So they were trying to get rid of him and bring in Jake Gyllenhaal. That's right to replace him, but instead, the uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe they pulled some strings and Toby got to remain a Spider-Man. And I almost feel like that's like the nuclear option. So after Spider-Man's done, you don't see many movies anymore because everyone in town's just like, "Fuck you, dude! You fucking just pulled some shit to." I don't know. Who knows? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like he was part a, of the Pussy Posse. Yeah. It's Caprio's yeah, Pussy Posse. And you would think that he would have some other shit going on, but he's got, no, he's, he's got nothing going on. It's really I, weird. I, I was just looking at Bob. his
0: IMDb, and it is shockingly scarce his acting work after Spider Man. He plays Toby Maguire in Tropic Thunder. Uh, he does a voice in a short film, then he has brothers. And then it's really like Great Gatsby, uh, Boss Baby, and he's got a movie coming out next year called Babylon. They don't have him listed for Spider-Man, the new one, because obviously that's a secret. You can't reveal that just yet. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know if it's – I mean, maybe it really is just that nobody wants him. But you would think, like, he would get offers for smaller shit. Maybe he's just well off, too. I mean, if he's, if he's shacked up oh, with yeah. – the daughter of a studio executive, he's not hurting for money. So I I don't know. It's a, I don't know. He's just a bore. He sucks. Fuck him.
1: I hope he dies. He reminds, <laughs> he reminds me of, uh, <laughs> he, he reminds me a little be, bit of Ed, Norton, of Ed Norton, but Ed Norton is actually like a good actor that's given really good performance. For some so, reason, when you said a- Ed Norton,
0: I thought you meant the guy from the Honeymooners. Ralph Cramden's partner. His name is Ed Norton. Oh,
1: right. Norton? No. Uh the uh you know, Ed Norton, how he also doesn't have a career anymore, I don't think. I think he directs stuff now.
0: Well, uh, here's but... what Ed Norton would do is he would get cast as the lead in the film, and then he would go, I'm the lead. Actually, I'm also the director.
3: <laughs> oh, you're the director?
0: Well, here's how we're gonna do it today, director. And he would just alpha the director out of his job. That's what happened with American History X the director of American history X tried to take his name off the film because Edward Norton wouldn't shut the fuck up and wouldn't step out of the editing. He, he got involved in the editing and everything of the film and took it over. And the director got cucked out, said, whatever, I'm done with this. Edward Norton basically helms the movie himself. And that's the movie you see today. The original cut of uh, American history X has not been seen publicly publicly, uh, aside from some private screenings to this day. And I know he did that with The Incredible Hulk, and that's why right. he doesn't have a Marvel contract right now. He's not a team player as far as that goes. Uh, and then he had a movie of his own called Motherless Brooklyn in 2019, which he was trying to get made for a very long time.
1: And uh, finally... Well, the the director of American History X, his name is Tony K, who looks insane. He looks like Saddam Hussein, where he was discovered in that bunker. Uh, his career, uh, yeah, pretty limited. It's After, like it's short films
0: and music videos and things like that. Uh, he was working on some project, but I, I mean, I don't know where that's at currently. I mean, Edward Norton, he's got some movies though. I mean, he he's got enough social ties in Hollywood where he can remain mm-hmm. in big films. Like he was, uh, he's in the French dispatch. He, He's got a good relationship right. with Wes Anderson and he's going to be in the, the one of the Knives Out sequels that Netflix is doing. So he's the fine.
1: Yeah, but I just, I don't know. He just reminds me of him as a person. You know, whenever I've seen Ed Norton interviewed, he's very much like that. Toby Maguire, very soft, very soft-spoken, very kind of like...
0: But Edward weak. Norton comes across like a dick.
3: Mm-hmm. Toby
1: Maguire just seems a bit aloof.
0: And, like, uh, like you'd probably just be somebody's fat dad if he wasn't a movie star. Just, like, a fat, dumb dad, you know? But,
1: uh, like, when uh, when they tried to give a career to Sam Weiss from Lord of the Rings, and now he just plays, like, step-fat stepdad. What's his name? Uh, are you talking about uh,
0: Sean Astin? Sean Astin. Yes.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but now is just like, hey, I'm... I'm the chubby stepdad now, so I'm not even going to try to lose any weight. I'm just going to play this character forever. I recently saw The Goonies, by the way, and he is so good in that as a kid, uh, Sean Austin, that I I don't know where in his career he lost the charisma that he has as a child, but it's weird to see someone that was a better actor as a kid, as an an adult. I kind of feel that way
0: about Sean Penn. Sean Penn uh, before the age of like 30 is extremely charismatic and captivating. And he's still good now, but uh, it, it's a, it's a very different Sean Penn. He's a little more, it feels like he's a little more uh, like he's figured out an algorithm to his acting and you can mm-hmm. expect a certain caliber of performance from him. Uh, whereas he was a little more experimental and raw in his twenties when he was doing movies like bad boys. So
2: I saw I saw Ed Norton at a party once and everybody was like dancing, have a good time. And James Woods was over here and he was like entertaining two women laughing. Ha. James Woods, his top Ed lip Norton, was white. <laughs>
3: yeah. and,
2: and Ed Norton was like over at the, the table with all these little baby cupcakes and he was like trying them. And then he was asking the people who were putting those like the catering people. He was like, can I get a box, like a box? So I can put these in? And they brought him a box and he was just like putting all of these cupcakes <laughs> in the box and then fucking left. <laughs> like,
1: that's like, oh that man. Oh man. I like it. Sounds like something I would do. I have friends from my last job that, one of them is like a DJ at some bar here and that's just reggaeton all night. Right. And I see videos of like young people going there and listen to that fucking awful shit so loud that I'm like, I, I can't imagine myself at a bar right now, which just like going out to party or whatever. So I, I would be that, you know, can I, can I take this home with me? <laughs> I'm going to be fat at home with a bunch of cupcakes instead of <laughs> you know, being annoyed by a bunch of young people that are enjoying this way too much. <laughs> Uh well yeah.
0: a quick question just to tie it back into many saints in New York. We're talking about Marvel Properties. You know, who the star of a Marvel Property was was John Bernthal as the Punisher. What'd you guys think of John Bernthal in this why why was he so underused in this movie? John Bernthal is you I mean, he's not really a, he could be a leading man. They don't treat him like a leading man. No. Uh he's kind of constantly doing like an early De Niro <laughs> impression nowadays, but he's still usually good. He's a he's a pretty good actor. Uh, in this movie, they just kind of go, "Yeah, he's just a kind of meaningless
1: supporting character." Yeah, <laughs> he uh, uh, he's replaceable for me with Oscar Isaac. Like I see him as the same type of actor where you can get really? a lot from them, but they're not very imposing as a character. I don't know how tall he is. He might just seem short to me because I know that Oscar Isaac is like a little Guatemalan guy. But for whatever reason, uh, them too. I feel like they've given similar performances in the past where you could cast either or for for whatever role you're thinking of. And he's always good. Like, I've, I can't remember a, a performance where I thought he was bad or not at least, you know, seem like he's trying to do whatever it is that he's doing, because here is not you don't really have like an interesting character. He's just like a racist. Right. That's kind of in it for like five minutes and that's it. God Is damn! Does like,
0: Oscar Isaac look so short in the ca- card counter? It's so unflattering, especially the pants they put him in it makes his ass look dumpy and juicy in every <laughs> shot. And Paul Schrader likes to shoot him like full body, and you can see how tiny his legs are. Jesus Christ! That movie. Sorry, Anthony, you were about to
2: make a good point. No, no, that's funny. No, I, I think John Burns all he goes, he always goes like two extra. <laughs> Yes. shit Like he, he goes extra like he uh but it's not in that he disappeared kind of way it's just more like i mean he was on walking dead and the and he and he was like going crazy he looked really retarded and he was just <laughs> and now i always just see him as always like the really retarded guy and then and then so he just looks he comes off as dumb to me like he doesn't on the opposite side like Oscar Isaac does all of these movies where he's like intelligent
0: little soft boy he's a little yeah. yeah
2: yeah and he, and so he's it, always
0: it's weird Burnthal always feels like the guy who's trying too hard to be tough and it's like an emulation of a tough guy like the kind of kid you would go to school with who would who would talk a lot of shit or try to like yeah. have all this bravado and really wasn't
1: much so yeah, he I mean, cuts himself and runs home to mommy or something <laughs> Have you guys seen the Punisher series? It's the Netflix yeah. Punisher. I uh, the
3: first.
0: Yeah, I, I saw most of um, most of it. I watched season one. I got maybe about midway through season two before jumping out, which is the same with uh, Mindhunter. <laughs> I also dumped out of that show. And uh, Daredevil, right? No, well, Daredevil, I was done pretty early on. <laughs> I
3: didn't okay. like that
0: Daredevil at all. all uh, right. right now, I'm trying to get through. Succession and uh ER, but ER has 22 episode seasons is about 17 Oof. seasons of ER. Oof. And such a dr- great dramatic show. Great dramatic show for NBC in the early 90s. Terrific time. ER on Hulu. And I've also been watching speaking of, you know, racism in the 60s. Uh I was watching that Wonder Years reboot. My no. fucking god. How atrocious is that? I don't know if you guys right. have seen that. I quite like no. the original Wonder Years with Fred Savage. Narrated by Daniel Stern, this shows nothing like that. It tries hard to use the same uh, components of that original series, but instead, it's just like all the worst elements of what we're talking about with this movie, but for an ABC wholesome family show.
1: Is it modern day, or is it
0: set on the? No, no, no. It takes place right after the assassination of uh, Martin Luther King.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's that's the first episode. (laughs) Yeah, talk about. We're gonna try a little bit hard to push this thing. Why uh, for? A, is it a comedy or is it like a drama? Like there, it's a little bit of both. The...
0: It's uh, yeah, it's it, it it's what it is. And they use everything from the time as a subject matter for the series. So it's I, exactly I, what you'd
3: expect.
1: I guess the Wonder Years is, is kind of a dramedy too, right? Because they deal with a lot of like real shit that that teenager was going through with the. 60s or 50s or whatever, whatever that was set. Yep. But yeah, I just I'm so tired of all of these unnecessary remakes and redos and re whatever you want to call them because they seem to never capture what makes the original good and instead it they try to do their own thing with a bunch of member berries where it's just like, hey, well this is that show because we have this character that kind of acts like this character from the original, remember, or, you know, he's wearing the same t-shirt as the main character did back in the, and
0: sure. Yeah. Look, there, there's that component, but what, I mean, what this does that I'm noticing a lot of things doing now, and it's very uh, strange how this is kind of becoming the status quo is that anytime you're dealing with like race politics or especially like uh period piece, race politics, it seems like, The general message or sentiment now with a lot of art, and this was the case with Candyman as well, when we talked about that, is like a pro segregation thing where it's like these two things can't exist together as one. And The Wonder Years does that too. This version of The Wonder Years seems like very white people are not us. We're different. We're different from the rest of society. We're our thing. They're their thing we're living on the same thing, but we're not, we're not together here. This is not us together. This is very separate. And it, I, 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 I mean, it's just peculiar.
1: That's all. Yeah. I don't know if that's the word I would use for that,
0: but yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. not the word, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah
1: it's like, you. it's,
2: it's like the, all this stuff is this replacement of uh there, nobody goes to church. They're not religious or anything anymore. So they ha- they're looking towards the TV to get their morality injection.
0: Yeah. And it's well, it's like funny you mentioned that they go to yeah. church on the second episode of the Wonder Years <laughs> and they start singing Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is the quote unquote black national anthem. So they, they had to, of course, inject that. You, you show up to any NFL game nowadays, you're going to hear Terrible. that right before <laughs>
1: that, <laughs> That's what you're signing up for with that show
2: and being a christian is bad unless you're in a black church
1: and yes. it's
3: oh, all and oh look at
1: it's all just joy yeah. they're singing they're happy of course right. their life sucks and uh you know everything they deal with is horrendous because that's how you present it on screen but you know what once a week, they go to church and enjoy life while singing with other people that look like them. It's like, fuck off. Have you yeah. met a Black person ever? Like, none of these characters ever feel real. And that's that's my problem with all of these new things, that it's like, it's rich people doing them. Like, back in the day when these movies would come out, a lot of the time the creator, creators were not known. They weren't millionaires. They were just doing something that they know they can relate to and let's hope it hits so that's why it feels authentic now you have all, all of these rich people that have never interacted with a person of color or anyone that doesn't look like them so then when you see them depicted on screen it's either a caricature or it's someone that talks and acts like no one you've ever met in your life if you've met people like that you know so that's why i have such an issue connecting connecting with all those things because it's like i like, I can tell that the person doing this, it's a successful millionaire from Hollywood that has already hit before. So the only interaction they have with, like, a Latino person is, you know, their mate who can't talk back to them, who doesn't really talk to them about any of their experience or anything like that because they are not going to listen. And instead, whatever their idea is of that it's what you see on the screen and it just feels like someone that's completely out of touch with it. Do you see this, uh, Anthony? Do
0: you see this injection of Latino activism Hans is trying to bring to the show <laughs> during Hispanic awareness month? <laughs> I see yeah. what you're doing here, Hans. You I can't think, get one I think, over
2: on me. I, I think, yeah, it's like uh, directors. Now you'll see them always like fucking wearing suits and shit and bow ties and fucking velvet teen suits and, and, uh, three piece suits everywhere while they're working. And if you look at like John Houston and you look at like John Ford, you look at these guys back then, it was like they had fucking shit wrapped around their shirts torn. They look like the crew because right. that, that job was like a working class kind of job. It was a yeah. tough job. You were a captain of this like land pirate ship. And, right. and, and that I think drove at that point. When you're coming from the working class, it's not about race. It's only about race when you're rich because it's convenient. Mm-hmm. But, it, but, it, but if when you're working class, it's about money and, and you, you'll talk to anybody. It doesn't matter what race or, you know, religion, whatever it is. It's like you're just working class, tired, you're on break. You're just talking to who's ever around
1: and their life experience is more human and more interesting for that same reason because you you you're not rich since you're 20 so you've never experienced any type of any not success so when you're trying to tell a real story it feels like a real story because it comes from a real person not from a person that hasn't suffered anything and has been you know had money for most of their life so whenever you try to get something like that it's it's very superficial and very shallow
2: yeah yeah. Yeah, and they're coming out of the fucking depression and all that shit and then these new guys are just rich kids. So it's got to be about race because it can't be about economics, it can't be about money, about what drives people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why all these issues just like they just go right to the race thing because it's like, well, this is the problem here. Obviously, it's the evil whites. Right. And when we say evil whites, we mean the evil southern whites, you know, those racist right. ones. Yeah, yeah, not the ones not in the hood. No, those we're good those are fine. We love you, yeah. The ones yeah. in
1: the hood have barbecues. Those were fine. They that was the thing crazy.
2: about that was the thing that that I I never understood with the appeal of Get Out, how it was so popular because I was like, you know, this is about you fucking liberal people, right? And they loved it, but they didn't. I don't think they got it. Or they do, but they don't know. They got about, it, but know. they're not part of
0: it. That's not them. That's just yeah, he, everybody they know went to school with and is in their, there's their stupid Republican racist dad that doesn't fit that yeah. character type at all, but somehow in their head, right. maybe he does, you know, that, that's what they, it doesn't register. It's all, uh, uh, just, uh, like sadomasochism really is they, they enjoy the, uh, the scolding yeah. that they get. Yeah, I think it's that. And I think it's being able to judge other people without, recognizing that that's you that's 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 right. you we're talking about here it, it doesn't really seem to matter uh that drive to um you know be part of something that's wholesome and good and you it, it it's easy to shut your brain off and just go with the flow i think
2: yeah yeah it's, yeah and, well, and if,
0: no. I was gonna say Everything if there's sucks. anything if there's anything uh, you have to do so, to enjoy many saints of Newark is shut your brain off and go with the flow.
1: Am I right, <laughs> fellas? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Forget that you were watching just like a modern-day Dick Tracy with those characters and <laughs> just try to enjoy that. <laughs> uh where I mean look,
0: would would you guys recommend this as a film to anybody who hasn't seen The Sopranos?
1: no
2: i if if we got really stoned and drunk or something, and I would say, yeah, put it on this might make you this this might be funny
1: that's different though if you're watching it with friends that you can just laugh with, then yeah, because you can laugh at it, but if it's just like you know what i i'm I'm by myself, I want to watch something tonight. What do you recommend? I don't think this would be anywhere near the top of my <laughs> no. at all.
2: no <laughs> no. I'd, I'd watch Inherent Vice again. Just, just fuck it. Just put Inherent Vice on again. I liked, I, like, you know, it's not one, you know, it's not one of those, um, uh, it, it doesn't have, yeah, there's, there's no reason to go back to it. Has it, has no idea what it is, and it, it spends its whole time trying to figure it out and never quite gets there.
0: But Inherent Vice is really one that I, I came around to uh, by the time we were doing prep for your show anthony where i think i had watched it before and i had a more positive opinion of it but really watching it right before we recorded and getting well versed with it again i was able to find a lot of the humor in the movie and and enjoyment uh why don't we just quickly talk about the uh trailer to licorice pizza before we wrap up the show tonight Uh, this is paul thomas anderson's latest film it stars uh two really disgusting looking young people jesus christ (laughs) that that girl is ugly as sin and uh the boy what is i someone Kino said to me oh uh cooper hoffman i wonder if he'll be as good as his father at acting i said cooper hoffman dustin hoffman's fucking at age 70 jesus uh and he said no this philip seymour hoffman's son oh that makes a lot more sense okay so Cooper Hoffman is the star of this movie. And I guess Benny Safdie is in it. And uh, who's you going Bradley Cooper's playing what? He's supposed to be Elliot Gould or somebody. It was somebody, Chris Christopherson in this movie. I don't know who the hell he's playing. And then there's another actor. I'm, oh, Sean Penn, who I mentioned earlier. Sean Penn plays the, uh, the director of the film. So Licorice Pizza, it's one of the few real movies, auteur films that are coming out in 2021. Uh, are we looking forward to this based on the trailer? Are we looking forward to it in general? Thoughts, fellas?
2: like uh i feel like paul thomas anderson is always chasing tarantino.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh but oh that's controversial.
2: but i i do love inherent vice. i'm i'm addicted to inherent vice just like with um, once upon a time in hollywood. i'll just i could just watch them all the time. i like i i like them both. but i do feel like there is some some chasing going on. but i i think this movie is an, is a is an hour less. Than once upon a time in hollywood and it tries to get it seems like it tries to get the same thing just creating like a coming of age hangout kind of movie and um because of its length i'm eager to see it in the theaters
0: yeah i think i'm going to check this out in the theater as well i don't think i'm going to watch this at at home um but there's so many theaters that like to check your your card your you know, they need your you need your your identification your wow. papers so you got to be careful where you want to go to the theater. If you're not a vax... Look, maybe I'm a vax person. I don't know. I got things that I carry on me that get me places. But who's to say, if you're not a vax person, you might not oh be able... You might have to sit this one out.
1: Okay. So if this movie doesn't come out ever, if... Uh... Uh, mass state lottery never comes out is because laura got arrested for faking <laughs> federal <laughs> documents about his vaccination he got caught by some fat black lady at some movie theater in new york i think uh paul Thomas anderson has built a good enough reputation where you give him the benefit of the doubt even if the trailer looks as boring as uninteresting as this looks it really oh, I did did nothing nothing for me at all uh but knowing his career and knowing the other movies that he's made that i really really enjoyed i'm willing to watch it but yeah it's just a what well, a love story between two ugly teenagers in the 70s i uh, by itself uh i don't care but knowing his work then i'm sure he'd do something interesting with it at least visually i guess
2: yeah, visually when when they showed Tom Waits and his arms were up and there was like smoke behind him, I was like, "That's a cool shot." That was a really like a, it. It looked like something from yesteryear. It was it was great. It was a great shot. And in the aspect of the older man with the younger girl and the young love—that's what I'm kind of the vibes I'm picking up from it. Sean Penn on the motorcycle going crazy. I was like, "Oh, this." maybe he kind of like lets loose a little bit here it goes back more into what it looked like he was going into with punch drunk love cuz i i like it i liked it when he would go kind of unhinged and not give a fuck and try to be all like prestigious and shit like don't make it too 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 pretty but make it um, cuz there's so many guys that do that they're always trying to get that right shot and shit but hopefully he he kind of loosens up and he actually Tries to emulate his sort of idol more. What's his name? Altman. It's like a big Altman guy. He should go more into that style. I think. Uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson kind of could. Uh, I think he could kind of like flourish in that. If do you think that?
0: Go. Do you think that Paul Thomas Anderson is going to be a director that is? well-regarded once he stops making films, or do you think he's a little too close to Tarantino in his style?
3: Because I feel I like Tarantino
0: he's... is a lock at this point. He's going to be a legend forever. Uh, yeah. but Paul Thomas Anderson fits in that little criteria where he's always good, or he's always mostly good. And the films are always quality and plenty watchable, even if they're, they don't nail the landing. But his style and where he started – it might just be a little too close
2: to that. I think, I think he hopefully at this point, if he wants to make an indelible Mark, he's got to like come out with something later. He's got, whether it's this one or it's his next one, he's got to have like a, a being there type of thing where it's like, he leaves a Mark there that yeah, you can go back and explore his movies, but tarantino had pulp fiction no matter what he does now after pulp fiction it's like pulp fiction is his probably his best movie i think it just is his best movie it's the one i've watched i think 15 fucking times but it's his best movie and it's it's an iconic movie and i don't think paul thomas anderson has had one of those yet in Mm. terms of audacity has he had an iconic kind of
1: i think bully Nights is pretty
0: iconic Boogie Nights yeah, comes but it's, very it's, close, but it, it's it doesn't reach the same heights, I think, as a pulp fiction where it becomes a cultural landmark and it's considered like an mm-hmm. American classic in the same because way.
2: Because of it, what, it it was also of its time. It wasn't right. like a period piece. It was like this is what the nineties is like right now.
1: What about you know, there, there there would be blood, or do you feel like that's become too much of a meme to be taken. That's
0: Here's the thing with that one. I think that's a terrific film. I think that's a very great acting piece for Daniel Day-Lewis. But at the same time, it's got that stigma of mid-aughts Oscar bait on it. And mm-hmm. it feels like, I think it's a little, it's shrouded in that a bit now where people talk about it like, oh, it's such a great film. And it's probably going to be gradually forgotten about and uh, be just one of those relics of that decade that is maybe looked at as a, as a great movie or a good movie and uh, isn't really significant to film. You know, just like the stretch of film, like you can go back to the 1970s and there are so many great films that you could probably say are the best of, of the year that maybe they came out or something, but you take a look at the seventies in general and maybe it's like 30th on the list of of movies in general. I feel like there will be blood is maybe one that could, fit that similar criteria
1: but besides think, yeah besides tarantino who was making better movies in the 2000s than him because I, I feel in like he's 2000s. very consistent he's very consistent with the movies he's put out you have a uh, boogie nice you have a uh, punchline Love, inherent vice uh there will be blood
2: but those aren't consistent those aren't consistent though
1: the, i mean consistently like, he, good he, 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 that's he <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. If, if he's any, well, I think, I think it's different though because people who like boogie nights didn't necessarily like punch drunk love. He's, mm-hmm. he's kind of that guy. He's not like a Tarantino, where, like everything comes out and you're kind of like, yeah, that was good. You know, he's kind of it, it, certain people I've seen. They're just not into like his thing. Um, boogie nights, the like, but Magnolia's too long or too. Mm-hmm. And then, punch drunk love is too weird there will be blood everybody loves the master again it's kind of weird but like he's so uh, inconsistent in terms of where he wants to go but when we were talking about like iconic stuff the the closest thing i could think would be punch drunk love because to me iconic is more of like a a thing of its time
3: right
2: that 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 is stamped on there and then that can kind of you can still reference to and even sort of like uh, mimic those stylings, you know, um, but uh, the, uh, the, the movie he is closest to of, of getting something like Pulp Fiction is Punch Drunk Love, where it has this disjointed this uh, cinematography going on. um it, What? Why it's of its time is because it's got this mystery to it, and it's also got this like really sleaziness thing to it. But this, I don't know. I just think that that movie, uh, if he would have kind of kept going down that road instead of trying to do this like perfect like picture thing, who knows? Hopefully, he's kind of getting back to that. I don't know. Did you? Did you guys like that movie? when it
0: came out I I enjoyed it sure. uh it's not one of my favorites I know a lot of people have come around to it in recent years where I think Adam Sandler popping up in Uncut Gems helped give that movie new life because people were like oh every like 5 or 6 years they people go oh Adam Sandler can actually act and then you start yeah. checking out his more serious roles and that kind of gave it a little bit of a boost and I know Criterion gave it a uh, a release and that was their first Paul Thomas Anderson film I, I'm fairly certain um, so, I mean, there's definitely that regard for Punch Drunk Love that has only grown with time. And I think with the more commercially explosive ones, like A Boogie Nights or There Will Be Blood, that's faded a bit since. So there might be something to that. Um, I don't know if it's really in my my top three of his, but I certainly think it's a, a very good film and certainly one of the better films of that decade.
2: Yeah, it's it's just more like of like... Defining, uh, d- sort of him defining himself, whereas Altman is like Magnolia, and Scorsese is Boogie Nights. So Punch Drunk Love for me is like, oh, this guy's kind of figuring out who he is, and then he goes right into like John Ford with with There'll Be Blood, and um I don't know what he's doing, The Master, but I I think one of Probably my personal favorite is The Master of Paul Thomas Anderson's. It's the one where it, he's always kind of repeating those themes of, like, father and son and shit. And this is the one where he kind of kind of nailed it, I think. Mm. And and I like that it's, like, it, you have it, it, beautiful set design. It looks like something, like, a story, like, you're going to be able to understand and, and grasp fully. But it completely um it, it subverts that it yeah, it's like, definitely
0: yeah. subverted that. i remember i showed up to the theater thinking that was gonna be the scientology movie yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: I was like, oh, yeah what the yeah. fuck is this
0: it would be like the same if you showed up to once upon a time in hollywood going this is the manson movie i remember that that was the exact vibe about that when that that came out it was like oh he's doing a thing on l ron hubbard and i was like i gotta see this and i walked out of that and i was like what the fuck I, did I just waste my money? I don't know. I like parts. I like when Philip Seymour Hoffman called that guy pig fuck. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but I it took me like revisiting it with like a, a more set expectations and, a, and a maybe more uh, mature brain for, for cinema to be able to watch that and go, oh, this is actually a really enjoyable, great film. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to Licorice Pizza enough, even though I don't like the title. I was just getting used to that awful first title, which was uh, Soggy Bottom. 'Cause it Oof. gave like like it was a inherent vice kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, made it feel like, oh, maybe this is gonna be a spiritual successor or something. <laughs> but um Is that about the kids bottom? Steam <laughs> son having a is bad a Swamp ass. ass, that's what it's about. She's <laughs> yeah. very nervous around girls. Uh anyway, I, I I'm intrigued enough by the trailer and really it's just it's a low standard these days. Again, many Saints of Newark is number eight for the year for me so far, I believe. So We'll see. We'll see how it goes. When does that come What's, out anyway? November?
2: Yeah, I was asking. I don't. I don't think they ever gave a release date, did they? That might not even be this year. Yeah. We got. We got to go I mean, to Can low Res. It's got to go to Can. You know, it's got to go this, through the circuit.
1: It says November twenty sixth oh. uh, was okay. limit. But it's going to be limited and then nationwide on December twenty. When's it going to Amazon Prime? How about? That? When's it, <laughs> is that a Paramount <laughs> Plus Fine.
0: exclusive?
2: We though well, we should go see it if I'm you're down. in new york so, i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll Wait, be
0: around i, I will okay. it's thanksgiving time we'll yeah. we'll see it might be on the fence uh but yeah i'm definitely down for that I, I need to get out to the theater you can get arrested with me it'll be great yeah we'll go to rikers together i'm getting uh, low yeah all right all right, we we're we're now touching the 2-hour mark on this show. I think we talked about many things of Newark and racism and race and black people and race and racism a whole lot tonight. Um and uh Licorice Pizza, check it out. That could be a good clip for the channel. Just talking about Paul Thomas Anderson films. Yeah. Right. Uh everybody check out Anthony's show. There's going to be a link in the bio of this episode. This will be, I'm going to throw this out early. We're going to fuck with the order a little bit. This will be out Thursday of this Ooh, week. Yeah. Cause why not? Cause no one's going to care about many saints in Newark. If we do it in the order we recorded it in the queue. So
3: Hans, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: we get it. We get a strike while the iron's hot. H uh, word name on, on Twitter. And uh, that's been the show. Thank you for listening.